This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. Please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu for more information. The economy seems to be sinking toward recession, with new home sales at their lowest since the recession of the early 1990s. Many other indicators are falling as well. Legendary investor Warren Buffett says the country's already in a recession, and he says it will be worse than most people expect. But at the same time, inflation is picking up. Some Americans are paying $4 for a gallon of gas, and they're coming home from the supermarket with sticker shock. All this puts the Federal Reserve in a tough position. By cutting interest rates, the Fed can stimulate the economy, but cutting too much can make inflation worse. At the same time, the financial markets are all a Twitter. Investors wonder whether the credit crisis will ever end. With the market this nervous, the spotlight on the Fed is especially intense. Today, the Fed deemed recession the bigger worry and cut rates a quarter point. Was this the right choice? How will it affect financial markets? Will it help the economy or hurt it? Should investors bet on a stock market rebound, or should they hide on the sidelines? Knowledge at Wharton puts these questions to finance professor Jeremy Siegel, author of The Future for Investors. Welcome, Professor Siegel. Thanks for having me. Well, as I said, the Fed reduced interest rates by a quarter percentage point, not very much. Uh, What does that mean? Uh, Frankly, I was a little disappointed. I I was hoping they'd come down harder on the inflation. the market certainly expected them to cut a quarter. Uh, it was about four to one odds uh, as calculated from the futures market that they would. But uh, I would have preferred them giving a little shock therapy to break the inflationary psychology and the bubble that we have in commodity markets by holding firm. Uh, uh, absent that, I, I would have preferred a, a stronger statement that the cumulative reductions that have taken place over the last six to eight months, uh, which has certainly been more than three percentage points, uh, was sufficient to stimulate the economy and that any further cuts uh, would uh, run the risk of higher inflation. They gave some hints to that in the statement, um, but uh, I I would have hoped that uh, that statement would have been uh, uh, stronger. So you think inflation is a bigger concern than it was a few months ago? I think inflation actually is now the the, the bigger concern uh, to the economy. Uh, I I think with the rebate checks going out, uh, with I think some uh, normality coming back to to the markets, housing is still in the tank to be sure. Um, But uh, as we got this morning also, the GDP in the first quarter was positive most economists think it'll be positive growth also for, for the second quarter, um, that the, the risk now is that uh, runaway uh, energy prices uh, offsets the stimulatory effect of the rebates and, and cause a consumer to, to tank. And uh, I think that if the Fed had been a little firmer, uh, they could have uh, broken all those speculators that are running into uh, commodities and running out of the dollar. Both these things are happening at, at once, and uh, I think uh, exacerbating the inflationary psychology. Well, uh, the commodity prices have been just soaring. I mean, anyone watching oil or going to the gas pump knows that, and the supermarket prices are going up. And we've, we're reading stories now about uh, food prices going up all around the world, and there are even uh, food riots in some places. A lot of people attribute this to uh, demand from China and India and developing economies. 
is our uh, high commodity prices something we're just going to have to get used to, or is this something that will come down? Well, we don't really have world markets in many of these commodities. There's so many restrictions put on by governments. Uh, recently, seven or eight governments have blocked any exports to try to keep uh, uh, commodities within the countries. Uh, there's a whole set, a network of of, uh, of subsidies, of taxes, of quotas. Um, and, and so sometimes you just don't get the right uh, amount of food to the right place uh, in these markets. That being said, uh, there is increased demand around the world. And I, I think with the inflationary psychology and all the money saying, hey, I'm, I'm going to chase whatever trades out there and that I can touch and feel uh, like food and, uh, and gold and particularly energy, uh, that you have a, a psychology there of, of uh, hoarding, you have a psychology of upward price. Now, that'll eventually come to an end, but it could inflict some substantial damage before it, it finally uh, winds down. Uh, you mentioned earlier new home sales or, or the, the, the home market in general, and we saw some numbers the other day that, that uh, prices are tumbling uh, nearly 13 percent in the last 12 months, according to one of the surveys. Uh, how important is the housing pullback to what's going on in the economy and the financial markets? Oh, it, it's very important. I've been down in Florida uh, three or four times just in the last month, and boy, the devastation there is just something to behold in, in terms of uh, prices going down much more than the 12 to 15 percent national average. In, in many cases, we're talking about 25, 30, and there's even stories of, of banks selling foreclosed properties for uh, 50 percent and even more off of previous prices. Um, then again, there is a lot of regionality to it. Florida is particularly vulnerable, so is Las Vegas, Southern California, uh, Phoenix. Other areas, uh, you know, particularly Philadelphia, we got the news today that uh, we have among the, the lowest foreclosures in the entire uh, country. Uh, there hasn't been much of a bubble. Portland is holding out well. Charlotte's holding out well. Uh, there's a number of uh, areas that aren't affected. But where there had been a lot of speculation, that, that has certainly hurt. And, you know, uh, you know combined with the psychology of, of higher gas prices, these are two visible things for the consumer. Uh, we're, we're getting consumer expectations and sentiment at uh, near Really record uh, record lows. It was actually surprising that uh, real consumer spending actually rose by one percent in the first uh, quarter. I, I'm, I'm hopeful it'll do so in the second. But again, this negative psychology will make it a very very tough pull. When uh, when investors find that their stocks have fallen by ten percent or fifteen percent, they're usually told just to uh, suck it up and and live with it and wait for them to rebound, and that's what life is like for investors. And many people in the last few years have been treating their homes as investments rather than as homes. And why is it so much more devastating for them to see a ten or fifteen percent drop in the home price than it is in their stock or mutual fund portfolio? Because they've never seen that before. The average American has not experienced a decline in his or her home values. Uh, the truth of it is it has happened in the past. Um, um, actually, uh, Los Angeles had uh, a 25 to 30 percent decline from 1989-90 all the way to 95, and then it began soaring again. But most people just considered their homes to be uh, something that was rock solid and uh, then would not go down. And um, I think that the, the shock of that, and, and then the, we're, we're talking here, you know, you buy a 
300,000, 400,000 hour home, uh, most people don't own that size in, in the stock. So a 10% decline hurts an awful lot more uh, because of the huge amount of equity and levered equity. Many people might have lost everything if they had rolled over their equity into a higher priced home. And now with the declines, some of them had their equity wiped out. And, and this is very difficult. And we haven't seen that kind of thing in the stock market since the margin rates changed back in the after the Great Crash. Is well, that right? we, we did see a fifty percent uh, decline actually from the, the peak of the bubble in March of two thousand all the way to October two thousand and two. But uh, and, and it hurt those people speculating in the internet. So we all know about. Uh, a number of people got got badly uh, hurt there, but but you know they retreated to their home as something that it couldn't happen to, um, and uh, uh, you know and and failed to realize uh, we were in a bubble that we were in a bubble on 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 the home prices uh, also and uh, unsustainable, and it was obviously fed by the fact that the lenders were able to give uh, you know uh, loans against this, so we had you had a you know. Uh, a, uh, a whole medley of problems that came together at once to to make this much worse. Now, lots of people are worried about the falling dollar. It's been falling for some time, and it's making oil and other imported goods more expensive for Americans. But on the other hand, it's good for U.S. exports. And yeah. we, we hear that, uh, that, well, that's the other side of the coin, uh, which is more important. Yeah. Which which way should we be rooting? Right. There are some people definitely love the low dollar. If you're an exporter, you love the low dollar. If you're a multinational, uh, taking in uh, with many most of your sales abroad, you're taking in foreign currency, translating into dollars. Very good. You know, it's interesting. Through the first quarter, we now have most of the earnings of the S and P in and outside the financial sector. It's been very good. Um, uh, and the multinationals are getting double-digit gains from a year ago, despite the fact that we're virtually at a GDP stall uh, in the economy. But to answer your question, net, um, we're all consumers. Um, and so although there's some firms that gain and exporters gain, we all um, consume energy, we all consume food, we all c- consume imported goods to one extent or another. Those are going up in price, and economists will tell you that the negative from that outweighs the positive, such as that come from earnings and exports. So, you know, uh, net, we would prefer to have a strong dollar. It does not help us uh, net to have uh, the weak dollar and uh, I, I think – I'm not one that, that says you should peg it in the exchange markets, but I think uh, the Fed should have acknowledged that problem, the, 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 the falling dollar, uh, along with the rising commodity prices, uh, to try to bring about uh, a reversal of the inflationary psychology uh, that is being accompanied with these, with these Fed, Fed moves. Uh, tomorrow is the beginning of May, and uh, according to the government, the rebate checks from the stimulus package will start flowing, and people will have $600 or $1,200 or even more if they have children to spend. Is this going to have the stimulative effect on the economy that the proponents thought it would? I, I think it will uh, have a stimulative effect, although I sometimes think it's going to all go to gasoline, uh, increasing gasoline prices, maybe not into uh, any other products. Uh, if we see some of these uh, recent gains uh, uh, just c- uh, continue. Most economists are, are talking about um, uh, a, a gain in consumption that will give us a growth of maybe 2 to 2.5% in GDP in this current second quarter and third quarter. 
Uh, the, the problem is those checks are going to stop. <laughs> and then you wonder, is will the economy get on its legs a bit uh, for the fourth quarter? I'm optimistic about that. And I, I think there will be factors that will bring about uh, – a stronger economy, that, uh, but there will be a negative shock coming into the late third quarter and fourth quarter uh, from these. It turned out, you know, we economists often say, oh, fiscal policy, this is never timed right. There's too much of a delay. Interestingly enough, this is coming at the right time. Congress acted relatively quickly, and, and it is uh, the economy is still weak. So this stimulus package is coming uh, at the right time, combined with the Fed package, should really help stabilize the economy. And as soon as we, um, uh, as I think is going to happen, get a, get, a, get our hands on these write-downs and this, uh, the housing crisis, uh, bring about a, a base for recovery in the, in the second half of the year. Do you think that we've heard most of the bad news uh, from the credit crunch, these write-downs and, and uh, those types of things, or is there a lot more to come? Well, we got all sorts of, you know, I think the official write-downs are around 350 billion, uh, $350 billion of all the banks everywhere. We have the IMF talking about losses of a trillion, although it seemed like that was home losses as well, and it wasn't all in, in credit uh, uh, instruments. Um, I think the official uh, numbers, now for instance, uh, the, uh, the, the shore case housing data that you uh, quoted early on, that has a two-month lag. We got February. Um, you know, it's going to March, April, May, and June are still going to be bad, and, and we're going to get reports on that. But uh, a lot of people seem to say that that right now, um, with the interest rates going down, and if if, if uh, the recession doesn't go worse, that that will, will produce a bottom somewhere uh, toward the middle of the year and, and middle end of the year. And uh, certainly the write-downs we might even, in fact, some some shrewd uh, observers are talking about write ups in the second half of the year. That some of the the, the credits might actually improve in value a bit, uh, and that'll certainly help the financial sector that has been uh, so beaten down uh, out there. So I think yes, if I were to answer, has is the worst over? I I would say yes, even though we're going to get a few more write downs in terms of actually thinking towards these financials, we get some smart money beginning to move into some of these depressed uh, assets and instruments. Lots of investors look at the ratio between stock prices and corporate earnings for a general measure of the riskiness of the stock market. But what are those uh, price-to-earnings ratios telling us now? They're, they're telling us a couple of things. If, if you look on reported earnings, which includes all the write-downs of the corporations uh, and, and the financials, uh, we're, we're 18 to 20 on a price-earnings ratio, which is on the high side, not prohibitively and certainly not as high as we had in March of 2000, where we reached 30, 40, and in, in the technologies, uh, sometimes 100 times earnings. So we're not anywhere near as uh, inflated as, as we were uh, back then. On the basis of operating earnings, which uh, – or – uh, normalized operating earnings, which eliminate the write-offs, we're at a very uh, conservative 14, 15 times earnings. Uh, so if you think, if one thinks that the financial firms after the write-downs are over will recover most of their earnings power and therefore supply a boost to, to the S&P, we are at an extremely reasonable 
a price-earnings ratio. And I think that's one reason why you see a stability uh, in the market uh, today is that people realize at these very low interest rates, even uh, with the depressed earnings, um, uh, uh, you, you have real value there in the stock market. And even Warren Buffett even though he thinks the recession is 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 certainly here and 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 is not going away soon, said that he found many more values today in the market uh, than he has in the recent past. What, what do you expect to see in corporate earnings for the second quarter? I think that again, what we're basically uh, what we're seeing is a good gains. Outside of the financials, there'll be a few more write-downs in financials, uh, but I think they're going to be over by the end of the second quarter. And then you're going to see the financials recover uh, quite a bit. We might still, if, if gasoline prices continue to rise and all prices rise, um, consumer discretionary uh, might be hurt uh, a bit uh, going forward. Um, you know, I, it's my own feeling that the biggest threat is still going to be rising energy prices to the consumer, not anymore. The, the, I think the housing story has mostly uh, played it, it itself out. Uh, and that's why I think it's so important that, that, uh, that the Fed pursue policies that will help bring down the energy prices and, and pop the commodity bubble and the inflationary psychology that has been so pervasive over the last several months. I'd like to get to the usual final question. We, we've seen a little bit of a boost in the stock market recently, recovering some of the gains or some of the losses yes. that it's had this year. Uh, long-term investors, the people saving for their kids' college or their own retirement, uh, they may still be pretty nervous. What should they be doing? Well, I guess as author of the book Stocks for the Long Run, <laughs> I'm still optimistic long run, and truly I am because, uh, again, um, uh, not only are prices reasonable with respect to uh, earnings, uh, but uh, with respect to alternatives out there. Uh, bonds offer no value to me. I think that they're, they're risky going forward. Uh, we're getting yields of 1% over inflation, and, and that, that's on long-term. Short-term are less than inflation. There's no competition from fixed income. I think you know, real estate um, you know, still has a way to go um, uh, generally. Uh, commodities are very high priced. So I, I think, uh, you know, looking at long-term values, I really think that st stocks stand alone in being valued at or near their long-term historical values, uh, which in, in today's market is very attractive relative to the other asset classes. So, yeah, I mean, I think, I think anybody who sticks with stocks here, uh, and it is actually interesting, uh, uh, because I was just looking, we even hear about the market. The market is only down uh, about 8 or 9% from its all-time high last October. It's hard to believe. It, it was down almost 20. It's come back uh, more than half that way. So, you know, it, it wouldn't have reacted so well if a lot of people didn't think there is still true value there in the market. And I, th I think that they're right. And you've been arguing for a long time that Americans should be diversified worldwide in stocks, uh, talking, uh, I think, figures as high as 40 percent of the stock portfolio. What's your view of that in today's market? Well, again, uh, more than half the world's equity capital is outside the United States. I, I tell all long-term investors, don't worry about the dollar. Um, uh, 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 the dollar might show some strength. We might be at a bottom. Um, but uh, uh, long run, uh, just b by where the world's equity is, and we know more and more of the world's equity is going to be outside of the United States, and I still recommend 40% uh, there. And uh, 
uh, just as a matter of diversification. If you try to outsmart the dollar and say, I'm going to wait until the dollar goes up a 10 or 20 percent, you'll find yourself never going in to the international market because you'll always be worried about the dollar. And, uh, you know, my feeling is is that uh, this is a good time. In fact, Europe is more reasonably valued than the U.S. with a with an 11 and 12 P.E. ratio. And the emerging markets are uh, also, um, uh, with China coming down and India coming down, I, I think uh, quite reasonably valued now. Well, it's a lot of optimistic uh, advice from you. Thank you very much, Professor Siegel. Thank you. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.